Welcome to Travel Pray Slay, a podcast for professional women who travel, love God, and are ready to level up their life. On the podcast, we discuss all things travel, faith, career, love, and lifestyle, all focused on helping you take the next steps you need to bring your visions into reality and live the extraordinary life God created for you to live. If you love Jesus, Beyonce, and catching flights, then look no further because you have found your tribe, sis. I'm your host, Toy Nicole, and I can't wait to get into today's episode with you. Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of Travel, Pray, Slay. I'm your host, Toya Nicole, and I'm so excited today to be joined by Stephanie. This is going to be such a refreshing topic and informative topic and so unique. And when I found out about Stephanie and the work that she is doing, I cannot wait to get her on the podcast. And so I know you all are going to enjoy this conversation. So welcome, Stephanie. Thanks, Tori. I'm excited to be here. We're going to talk about my favorite things, and I'm really excited to uh, share. Awesome. Well, let's jump right in, because like I said, I already know who you are, but tell everybody who you are and a little bit about your mission and what you do. Yes, I'm Stephanie Perry. I'm a year-round house sitter. I am the creator of House Sitter School. I help Black women embrace ease by traveling long-term or by moving abroad Mm. or by becoming a house sitter. I am not a fan of the mentality, not not a fan. I hate the mentality (laughs) that you are supposed to spend the prime of your life focusing on work. And then after you hit retirement age, then you get a chance to really live. I think that waiting until your retirement age to live is a scam. Mm -hmm. I reject that. And I help other people (laughs) reject that, too. We rebuke that. Absolutely. (laughs) That's we right. Were, that's right. It's, it's, it's just it's like common. Um, it's like the common, the prevailing way that you're supposed to live. Right. Sure. You're supposed to just focus on work, put everything else to the back burner. Don't get a chance to know yourself. Don't bother growing or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you're 65, maybe 70, then you get a chance to do all of the fun things. Wrong. Wrong answer. Yeah. Let's talk about ease, right? Because I think that's what jumped out to me so much because, and I talked about this on the podcast last week, um, tapping into ease, flow, and rest are my 2022 things. Um, So it was so interesting. What does ease mean to you? And why do you think more women, especially Black women, have to embrace that? To me, ease is the absence of struggle. I think that it's okay to do things the easy way. It's okay to do things the simple way. It's okay to do things without being exhausted and burnt out. Uh, it's okay to do things that are that come to you uh, simply and naturally. You don't have to always feel like you're ramming your head up against a wall in life. I think for Black women in particular, we get the message that our life, our life's work is to help make other people's lives easier. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of black women, we are set up so that we can do the struggle. We can do the fighting. We can do this so that other people can experience ease and we don't get it for ourselves. Yeah. We 
we don't get celebrated until we're exhausted. We our home our home going ceremony or celebration is all about everything that we did for other people without yeah. any talk about what did we do for ourselves and when did we get to really live and when did we get to have peace of mind and joy yeah. and the things that we helped other people get to. So I talk ease because it's possible, right? Yes, and it's okay to for that to be your aspiration. And Black women don't have people who say, it's okay for your aspiration to be, I want to do as little as possible. Other people can say that and it can be like, yeah, I can, I understand that. But for Black women, we're like, no, no, no. You have to do, you have to get X number of degrees. You need to own X amount of real estate. You need to be raising X number of children, yours Mm -hmm. or someone else's. You need to be running X number of businesses. You need, and, and that is when you will be celebrated. Other people get celebrated for having peace of mind. Yes. Uh, I think that we, as a as a as a whole, as a collective, the, a com- the community of Black women, is uh-huh. finally saying, "No, no, no! I yeah. no longer do that. My my role is no longer to help you live better. My role now is to enjoy my own peace of mind, my own Absolutely. joy, my own rest." Yes, we are more and more prioritizing our own peace, our own mm-hmm. self care, and it's like I love um, what I'm seeing now. A lot of women talking about like take that strong black woman thing off of me. I saw this video. I yeah, I don't want it. Um, and you know, you talk about you're right for other um, non black women being the damsel in distress, right? And so I saw the, this hashtag now damsel me, please. Like, you know what? Yeah. Damsel me. Yeah. Let you do everything. Yeah, sure. Like, um, take care of that for me because we, for so long, I do think there's a sense of pride we should have in our strength. Right. But, um, you're right. We put ourselves in this box where it becomes everything about being strong and overcoming this and doing more and hustling more. And um, I am definitely over the hustle and grind culture. I am over the working hard, doing over the top. And it is. I'm like, damsel me, please. Rest <laughs> me, please. Ease me, please. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, there's no there is no win. Yeah. Right. You don't get any bonus points for struggling. Mm-hmm. There's no, no grand tally of life where you get bonus points for doing things the hard way. Absolutely. Points for being a person who struggles and for it's OK to not struggle. It's yeah. OK to set your life up so that you don't struggle, so that you don't have to feel that uh, fight or flight mode kick in mm-hmm. all the time. You don't all have to live time. like this. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this this is where we're going. This is where yeah. the movement. <laughs> I, I it's the movement. So tell me about how travel fits into that, right? And so how do women make more time to travel and particularly do it long term? So um I remember hearing about sabbaticals. It was probably I would say like around 2015, the client I was working for. Um, that company required people to take sabbaticals. I had never really heard of that. And after you were there 10 years, they require you to take a sabbatical. And so my um, client contact was like, I'm going to be off on my sabbatical. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, and she. um, she A European company or was it American? It's actually American. The, the, the golden arches that we all know and love actually. Yeah. 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 Um, at that company, they have sabbaticals. And so she was 
a wife and mom and she was gonna, you know, be staying at home. But once I discovered that and I was talking to other people who had did it, a lot of the women, particularly those who were single or even uh, a woman I knew who was married, but she had grown children, they incorporated travel into their sabbatical. And so again, that's something that was given to them by their company. And I love that they force you to take it, but that may not always be the case for some women. So how do you arrange your own? So talk to me a little bit about like how travel started coming to play and, and sabbaticals, because again, it's a new con fairly new concept for me. Yeah. It's a new concept in the U S in general. Um, you hear people talking about sabbaticals, but they're either people who work in academia, like professors, Mm -hmm. or they're people who work for a European company. Yeah. um, this is a very European thing. Yeah. yeah. So travel. Tra- so taking a career break is beneficial to you. It's beneficial to an employer. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. The, you who comes back from a break is rested and recharged. Um, you have new ideas. You probably have picked up some sort of new skill set during your time away from work. So mm-hmm. there is a benefit to you and to the employer from for you taking a career break. The That's career great. break. The career break can include travel, and I think it should, particularly for Black women, particularly, particularly for Mm -hmm. Black women in the U.S. If you live in the United States, you're not going to heal from the traumas of everyday life as a Black woman in the United States by staying in the United States. You really do fully agree. Extended time out of the country, get out of the country. Most of us are going to be treated better when we leave the country than we're treated in the country. There is a lightning, like a lifting of the burden Mm -hmm. uh, that happens as soon as you step foot in another place. Yeah. So I think that the, the reasons to incorporate travel are many, right? For some of us, you can go abroad. If, if you live in these expensive cities in the U.S., just go abroad, right? You are going to be able to live better on less without yeah. even trying too hard. Some of these people, like some, some places, I'm like, how do you live here? I had a house in San Francisco. I went to the grocery store in San Francisco. I'm from uh-huh. Delaware, I'm from the East Coast. Okay, Delaware I've is- been there. Okay, so Delaware is not a super expensive place, but it's not cheap. It's not like the cheapest, right? Yeah. But I went to a grocery store in San Francisco and I started contemplating, like, do I actually need food to live? Like, (laughs) (laughs) how do water is actually very nourishing? (laughs) I wanted eggs and yogurt, the basic stuff. And I was like, well, maybe not. Maybe how long am I here? And how long? long, Maybe I should try fasting. Right. Uh So if you live in an expensive city in the U.S., If you want to take a break, not just from working, but from spending up all this money, go abroad, right? Go pick a place out of the United States, go there for a while. You're going to get some peace of mind from not being black in the U.S. You get some peace of mind from like money being less of a concern every day, Uh right? And then you can do some things for yourself that you wouldn't normally do. I boycott winter. I'm not myself during wintertime. I'm really not. I'm not in the wintertime. I hibernate, I feel. So there is this thing called seasonal affective disorder. I've not been diagnosed with it, but I probably have some milder milder version of it where all I want to do is lay in the bed and hibernate when the temperature is cold. Uh, And so I have set my life up so I don't experience winter weather. 
travel can show you priorities that you didn't know that you had in life. Yeah. And taking a career break to travel gives you an extended period of time to live in this instead of the vacation where you come back more exhausted than you left. Taking an extended sabbatical where you get to prioritize the things that are important to you and and uncover things that are important that you didn't even know were there is there's nothing like it. There's nothing else. There's no other benefit. And I think what I love, you said so much. So a couple of things, what I love about the whole concept is the ownership, right? We, again, as black women taking ownership of our life, the seasonal affective disorder, you are right. So I'm a Texas girl. I live in Dallas now. This is where I'm from. But in my twenties, I moved to Chicago and Mm. I moved in the dead of winter and I had never experienced a climate like that. And to your point, people truly hibernate. I put on weight very quickly. I noticed my mood changed. And then as I stayed there 10 years, (laughs) nine years longer than I thought I would be there. (laughs) Every season, right? You felt that. And so having that ability to say, no, I'm going to winter south. I'm going to winter in another place is ownership. and. I work remotely now. And so I have the ability to do that. A lot of people do now because of COVID. But I think that takes like ownership to be able to say, this affects me in this way. I don't have to be stuck here if I don't want to. I can make some decisions that, you know, yeah, maybe require me to do a short term lease here and move here. A lot of women in a sense, know they can do that. But for whatever reasons, like we talked about earlier, they don't feel that they can make those, that they don't have agency to do that. But you really do. Agency is the word. That's right. Yeah. We uh, we see things happening for other people, but we just don't know that it's possible for yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is why people are out here spreading the word because yeah. there, is a, there is a different, there is agency when you see someone like you doing a thing. And then the the dominoes start to fall. You start to once you take a small piece of your life and say, I am going I never thought I had control over this thing before, but I found out that I do. Right. So now I'm going to control this thing might be the weather, might be the hair. Right. We talked about hair earlier. Yeah. Before we started recording. Right. I'm going to take control over this one thing in my life your, the dominoes fall, right? Mm -hmm. And you start to see other parts of your life where you thought you were stuck or you thought this is just how it is. And then you actually, this is not how it is. I can change the way this is. I thought my life was me working in a pharmacy. I worked in a hospital pharmacy. I worked night shift and I came home at night and every, or came home in the morning and every morning I would lay on my sofa and just calculate like how many more days, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how many more days until I get to live. Sometimes I would calculate how many more shifts until my next vacation. And sometimes I would calculate like, seriously, how many of this same day do I have to repeat? Because I didn't know that I had agency that I could make a dramatic change to my life from where I was at that point. So agency is the thing. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm annoyed with the term black excellence. I am. I think it's mm. driving black people, black women in particularly to an early grade, but I'm a fan of black agency. Give me, like control, give me options. Give me control over every part of my life. I don't want to have to feel like I, ha- I am on a track or accomplish. like on a train track. That's right. Mm-hmm. I want, give me a wide open field. Let me go in whatever direction I want to go. I'm getting, I'm jumping tracks, right? Yeah. I'm jumping off this track. Well, I think part of it too, is like you said, you're right. We associate excellence with 
hard work and sacrifice and all these things. And you're right. It's like, well, what if we just decided to change the way we associate or we determine what is success? It's just like, I remember when I, so just a little bit about me, I did take a career break. So I was working in the marketing and sales field. That's what brought me to Chicago. And then when I was at the time, I think I was 32 I started like doing like social media consulting on the side. I started my blog. That was originally, I used to have a blog called Miss Travel Chic. So, you know, that was before podcasts and YouTube and everything. It was truly like a blog. And I just developed a love for that and a love for sharing tips about travel and a love for helping people with social media. But here I was in this career where, to your point, I was counting down the days. How many more meetings do I have to sit in where I'm the only black, where I'm the only woman? You know, I worked for the railroad where the average demographic is a 48 year old white man. I sat in a room before where somebody made a joke about the Ku Klux Klan in front of me because I was the only one. Right. And so. I decided at 33, I'm out of here. No job, no nothing. And as as I remember one colleague saying, but you don't have a husband. How are you? (laughs) I'm like, you're right, Taylor. I don't, but (laughs) that makes it easier. Then you'll have, you don't have to navigate and coordinate with another person. Absolutely. You you do what you want. (laughs) And and that's what I did. Now, I I wish I would have incorporated travel more actually during my career break. It was very much about me just taking the space to, play around with this blogger consulting thing. I wrote my book. I did travel, but I was very like intentional about my finances. And so that's the one thing I want to get into as well. But I think I wanted to share that because a lot of people have different journeys to this, right? For me, it was, I discovered a passion that I wanted to do more of. I calculated the cost. I mean, I met with my financial advisor. I knew, you know, what was there and I did, I decided to do this. And so it was a year and a half before I went back to full-time work at all, um, that I was for myself. And, but I know another girlfriend, um, similarly who, you know, depression and grief brought her to that point. Right. And she was a black woman who had a lot of agency. She traveled a lot, but at the same time, she also enjoyed her professional career. And Mm -hmm. then you reach a point to where you realize, oh, they're not going to promote me. Oh, they're gone to. And it took her being demoted for her to see all of that black excellence, all of that hard work meant nothing to them. No, because they keep moving the finish line. The finish line. Yep. And she asked to meet with me. So this point about like being a model showing and she was like, I had to take leave. She had to take medical leave. Like she found herself in this place and she was like, I'm just thinking about quitting. I don't even know what's lined up for me. And she has, she did. She made the decision shortly after that to leave. And this was at 50 years old. And she has been traveling like I love watching her adventures and she is like not pressed. She's like the right opportunity will come along the right, you know, but she is doing it. So that was a a different journey, you know. And so some of us, you know, we're going to get there because, yeah, we reached that breaking point. Some of us, it's just, you know, yeah, we want to, you know, explore it um, and do something new. But talk a little bit about like, how do you financially plan for that? Like I said, 
I know for me, I started a year before quitting already thinking about what I wanted to do. For me, that included at the time selling my condo. I had a very nice luxury condo in Chicago that I enjoyed living in. But the way the market had started to turn, it was now like a cash cow for me. And so I knew selling it, I would have some gains. And then I downsized, moved to a um, non-downtown part of Chicago where rent was more affordable. And then I, you know, started saving more aggressively beforehand. So what are some financial strategies that women can take to make a career break affordable and then even just the travel affordable? One of the benefits, so I've already bashed Black excellence, but one of the benefits is that it had, there are Black women out here who are thriving financially yep. and have the means to make a big move, right? Mm-hmm. Who don't have to feel slotted into where they are because they don't have the money to do it. Yeah, and and real estate is one of the ways, and real estate and other types of investments is one of, is uh, how a lot of Black women are able to go. But yeah. you don't need to have a cash cow, right? You don't need to have a stash of cash in order to take a break. What you need to know is how much is it going to cost you? Get real yep. about how much it's going to cost you. There are cost of living calculators on the internet that tell you what people are spending for mm-hmm. a month in this place, right? Okay. Um, so use a cost of living calculator to find out how much you're going to need in a place. You could, if you wanted to, you could just start with Airbnb, right? How much is an Airbnb that I like in a place that I want to be in? How much is that going to cost me for a month? That's going to be the bulk of your expense, right? Every month. Uh, So find the number, right? Find out the number that you need to take a significant break. And I mean, a significant break. I'm so glad to hear that you took more than a year. I did. Um, Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times we we start, had you ever had a period of time as an adult where you didn't work? No. And that's what's so crazy. I remember um, talking to my mentor during that time. And I was literally like, I don't know what to do with myself. I had been working since I was 16. I worked in college, even though it was part-time, but college in itself is a job. And then I had the nerve to work part-time while I was in college. I started working full-time two weeks after I graduated college. I got my master's while working, work, work, work. And so there was this part of me that now had the ability to design my own schedule, but I struggled with on days where I was in ease and rest, feeling like I needed to do something. And then as I did start, you know, taking freelance opportunities and stuff, even just struggling with understanding, I never had to like tell somebody how much to pay me. I never, you know, like you said, I was, I was blessed to be doing well financially and I left a six figure job. Like let's not, I mean, I was very clear when I share that to people, the money was good. I did not, you know, and so, but like you said, I had benefits to that and it allowed me. So then, you know, now living differently was, uh, but I just, I made it work, but I had never done anything like that in my adult life. And um, yeah. Yeah, I'm so I'm I'm surprised though because a lot of women who have never worked, I mean, who have always worked, have never not worked. Yeah. Start out with like I'm gonna take a two month sabbatical, right? Like, yeah, are afraid to take a commit to a significant amount of time where they don't work. So I would say the the way to figure out how much it's gonna cost you, right, yeah. is to come up with a big block of time. What is the a block of time that you know that you can use to rest mm-hmm. and then try out something new, right? Yeah. How, 
to do both. Two months is enough time to rest, but it's not enough time to rest. And let's see if my blog can make it, right? Mm-hmm. So come up with a big block of time. Come up with a couple locations. Okay. Look specifically at what it's going to cost you. So you can seriously start with Airbnb, bless you. Uh, but there are other calculators out there, numbio.com, nomadlist.com. Okay. Right? where people are telling you what what your life could cost you uh, for a month or three months or one year in a place. That's what I wanted to, uh, not to interject, but I wanted to talk about that when you were mentioning earlier. That is something I've noticed too. So I've traveled to Australia. Uh, Mm -hmm. I go to Mexico once a year. Mexico is a place to where I am so surprised every time I go there how affordable things are. So like you said, living in the Chicago before, you know, same. I have friends out in Cali and every time I'm out there, everything is so much more expensive. And so you are right. People think like, oh, I couldn't live in another country. No, it is actually less expensive for you. I follow a blogger. Well, she's not a blogger. She's a writer who has been spending a significant amount of time in Ghana. And I mean, she was talking about it. I paid $50 to get my hair braided. You know, I got my nails done for $20 today. And she showed like the apartment that she plans to move in super luxe, luxury, less than like what she's paying right now for her small loft apartment in LA. So you're right. That's a big piece of it that sometimes People have historically looked at travel in other countries as expensive because we're going to resort towns and all inclusive. But if you're living there, it is uh, great. So I didn't know those type of calculators were, are out there. So something like Nomad List, I heard you say, um, is great. Yeah. Um, and the, to calculate that up. So, you know, I just wanted to interject to confirm that, yes, it is very inexpensive to live, not on the resort, but to live in a lot of these countries. That's right. That's right. The resort, there's no correlation between what your resort mm-hmm. vacation costs and what it may actually cost to stay there. I'm in Curacao. I'm in the Caribbean. I, I'm, I told you I'm team boycott winter. I've been in the Caribbean yes. all winter and this is not. So what I'm paying to stay in Curacao is not what the vacationers are paying. Right? Exactly. I'm, not, I'm not getting the vacationer rate. I'm here. I'm booking long term. So, yeah. So, yeah. Find, find the number. Once you see a number on a piece of paper, you you can it becomes more possible for you. Once you see that, you're like, oh, this is 75 yeah. percent of what I spend anyway. Or this is 50 percent or 33 mm-hmm. percent of what I'm living on at home. Let's let's make this happen. So. And I was a pharmacy technician. It took me 15 months to save to travel for a year. Okay. 15 months to save $14,000, which was what I was traveling on for a year. Awesome. Um, And that was on a pharmacy tech. I made $22 an hour plus some shift differential, right? So it's- What kind of sacrifices did you have to make during that time to save? Because I think that's big for a lot of people. What are you willing to give up? So this was 2015. I still had DirecTV, right? So I gave up <laughs> things like some memberships. I no longer had DirecTV, uh, stuff like that. I think yeah. I had a, I had a gym membership that I wasn't using, right? So I canceled the <laughs> memberships. Um, I did the thing that I always hate to hear, the advice I always hate to hear, which is I cooked my own meals because I was buying every meal. I worked but night yeah. shift, so I would buy breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, so I started preparing my own meals. That was a big money saver. The biggest way that the that I made the most of the most of the money that I spent on that sabbatical came from me just working extra. 
working yeah. overtime. Mm-hmm. So it was basically, I treated my overtime job like a second job, right? As if I had picked up a part-time job for a while. Yeah. I'm generally not team work, a lot of jobs, mm-hmm. but I had a goal. When you have you a, a goal, goal, it becomes different. This is not, I don't want to live my life working multiple jobs, mm-hmm. but I did work extra hours. And most of my sabbatical money came from me just picking up extra shifts, a couple of extra shifts out of the month, right? Two or three shifts a month paid for most of my time abroad. This was before I was house sitting. Um, So I needed 12, 12, uh, around $1,200 a month. Yeah, $1,200 a month, 14,000 for the year. Uh, But as a house sitter now, I travel on, I can travel on even less than that. So talk to me about house sitting. I've heard of the concept. How did you get into it? And how does that work? Uh, practically, and how does that tie in with long-term travel opportunities? House sitting is your best friend when you want to travel long-term because you get free accommodation. I get free accommodation homes and take care of their homes. And sometimes, mostly, most of the time, they're pets while they're away. Home pets, plants while they're gone. Um, I house it through a platform called Trusted House Sitters, but there are other platforms out there. And this I found house sitting just because I came back from that sabbatical that that t- I spent all 14 of my dollars, 14,000 of my dollars, yeah. <laughs> I spent every single one. And I came back and I got a job. I got came back and went back to work. OK. And I started thinking, like, uh, I really I'm different now. I no longer want to. I thought after the year I was going to be good. Right. Just go back to work and right now work all the time again. Yeah. And I came back and I was like, actually, no, I don't want work to be the focus of my life. I was Mm -hmm. 43 by the time, by this time. Uh Uh-huh. Like, well, how can I keep traveling with no money? So I literally Googled, hey, how do I travel with no money? And Google was like, (laughs) yeah, house sitter. There you go. Google has all the answers. (laughs) So that's how I found it. I gave it a try and it changed everything. It meant that I no longer had to keep going through the cycle of work, save, quit, which was what my plan was at at first. Ah. My plan was to work, save money, quit, travel, work, save, quit, travel. Uh, But house sitting meant, no, if you don't need to pay for accommodation, you really don't need to work, right? You can just do some, do some things here and there. like you, I had a skill set and I was uh-huh. like, about my virtual assistant business. Let's see if this can take me anywhere. And I had time to to work, work on it because I was house sitting. And these are people, people that need house sitters. Are these just people that are traveling long term? Have they relocated and they wanted to keep their house? It's interesting. Like I'm trying to think of like what would cause me to need a house sitter. <laughs> Anybody who's leaving their house for any amount of time, I have done one day house sits, right? I have done one. I have done, um, we're going to such and such's wedding. I need somebody to come in here and make sure my cat's still alive (laughs) while while I'm gone, right? Uh, So these are people who are just taking regular family vacations or they're retirees who have moved to another place and they're going back home for a while to visit the grandkids and, Mm -hmm. you know, see their friends. Or there are people who have moved abroad or moved out of their city, not even moved abroad, but people who have relocated to another city and they're going away for a while, right? Anyone, anytime, yeah. you don't want to leave your home empty while you're gone. So I've done one day house sits. I've done three month house sits for people who were going on long trips around Europe. And the trade-off is that instead of you paying to stay there, it's just they consider you staying at their house the the, the cost. So, yeah. 
Right. That's right. I'm providing a service. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, they don't have to pay someone. They don't have to pay to board their pet or they don't have to ask a neighbor to come and check the mailbox or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever. A lot of some some of my most recent houses have been during um, like storm season where they don't really need me to do anything, but they need me to be there in case a tropical storm hits, right? Because yeah. right? they're like, we're out of here. We're yeah. taking refuge somewhere else during this time. But yeah, we're gone. We're gone. We're in Hawaii for a while, but mm-hmm. there's tro- t- tropical storms come and go in Tampa. And we want to make sure if, if a storm comes, we want someone in the house in case we need something done, right? Um, but yeah, it, it, these are any kind of people, but the bulk, the bulk of my house sits our pet sits. The bulk of them are, we're going, our pet can't go. We want the pet to be able to be home and be comfortable and not be boarded. And it's so it does sound like it's a lot of work. And so it's almost like instead of, like you said, if you're going somewhere, even if it's just for a week, you know, typically you look at an Airbnb. So it's almost like you can maybe get a house sitting gig at the most you're taking out a cute dog every day and it's free. That's right. Even the most complicated house sit, like the dog has a special diet or whatever, even the most complicated house sit, we're talking a couple hours of work in the day, yeah. right? Walk the dog, feed the dog, let the dog sleep in the bed with you, right? A yeah. couple hours of effort a day for you to get this free accommodation. It's a wonderful trade-off. Like okay. everyone wins. They get to live their travel dreams without mm-hmm. being worried and afraid for their home or their pet. And you also get to live your travel dreams. I pick houses in beautiful homes and cities I want to go to. And during the parts of the year that I want to be there. Yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no lose. Okay, y'all. I'm just interrupting this episode briefly to remind you about the Travel, Pray, Slay merch. Did you know we had an online shop? Well, if you want to make a statement and slay, then you have to head over to TravelPraySlay.com slash shop. And check out all our merchandise. We've got hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, accessory bags, and luggage tags, which are my favorite. We've got everything in the online shop you need for your next trip. And whether that's a trip to Paris or just your daily trip to Target, you still want to make sure that you slay, sis. So head over to TravelPraySlay.com slash shop and pick up some merch today. So I want to talk about, we've talked about why you need to take the sabbatical, the benefits of that, both for the employer and um, yourself, whether that's a a short term or open-ended one, kind of like me, you know, I didn't necessarily put an end goal on when I would go back to work or like you, where you had set a time. And we talked about how to plan for that tips financially, even staying. Let's talk about the cultural aspect and kind of the living aspect, right? How do you choose a location and how do you immerse yourself in that culture, right? Like if you're going to Mexico, what if you're not fluent in Spanish? Like what do you research the cities that, you know, are very accommodating? What about truly like, yeah, something like going to Africa or I always say if I could live anywhere for a long period of time, I would go to Australia. I I went there in 2016. I really enjoyed my time um, in Melbourne okay. and I've went back to Sydney twice. That's a place where I could see myself. Um, you don't mind spending money. Australia is crazy. It is a little more expensive, <laughs> right? But I'm like, you know, there are some places where you can kind of easily uh, fit into, especially if you don't have the language barrier. 
you're right. For Australia, I would need to have a job. But I always say if I didn't need the money, like a Mexico or, or something like that. So talk a little bit about you're there now. Like, how do you go about choosing places that you feel will fit culturally? And then how do you, you know, like truly like live and have an authentic experience? Because this isn't like a vacation that you're on. This is life. That's right. If you are listening to this podcast, you probably need to move. I don't speak the language down, down, down your list of worries and concerns. Right. Okay. Being a native English speaker is such a privilege when you're traveling around the world. No matter where you go, English is the language of that tourism industry. Right. No matter where you go. You're right. So most of the places on your list, you're going to be okay with not speaking the language. You can make learn the language part of your experience there. Mm -hmm. Right. People love to go to Spanish speaking countries and learn Spanish while they're there. That's Mm -hmm. part of the point part of the reason that people go, which is why I say you may come back to work with the whole new skill set. Right. Yeah. I have a friend just real quick who went to Mexico city for seven weeks to immerse himself, to learn Spanish more. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So you don't have to know it before you get there. Learning, learning the language when you get to a new place is a wonderful sign to people that you come in peace. Right. <laughs> so you do want to learn some of the language, but uh, you don't have to, but move it down your list of concerns Put okay. it at the bottom. Being a native English speaker means that where you go, you're going to be able to communicate for the things, the basic needs that you have. People are going to be able to communicate with you, somebody. Somebody or Google, either that or Google, Google the translate, the Google translator, <laughs> everything. Yeah, that's right. Now, in terms of you're right that this this type of travel is not the same as vacation. You need to set up a life when you're yeah. somewhere or you're not going to like it. Right. When you get there, if you're living like a traveler for weeks mm-hmm. and months at a time, you're not going to like it. So you need to I think find community with people there before you get there, which is easier than you think. Because Facebook exists. I'm not a huge fan of Facebook, the company, but Facebook groups are super helpful. And any place you want to go, there is a group for travelers or expats or even for black. There are groups for black women expats in cities all over the world. Mm -hmm. So you can land somewhere already with a community, already with a support system. That is a wonderful way to make sure that you are uh, that your your needs are going to be taken care of in a place. You're not going to be just out here floundering. And then you would get bored, too, without community and without lining up things to do. Yeah, that's right. I want to say it's important. There is a type there is a personality type that can turn a sabbatical into a job. Right. Mm. That can overload themselves so much that they forget that this is a sabbatical, that this is rest. Yeah. I'm going to, right, you said that you wrote a book and you, right, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to launch a business, yes. I'm going to learn how to crochet, I'm going to do, you know, like, right. it's, it's not, this is not a job, okay? Me, I am that personality type, you were talking to me. <laughs> and no, you're right, no. that's why I said, if I had to do it over again, I wish I would have incorporated travel more because I was doing things. Doing. Yeah. You're not alone, you're not alone, yeah. but we want to make sure that you give this, this, that there is a focus. And one of the focuses of this time is rest and yeah. just peace. It's okay to do nothing. It really yeah. is. It's okay. Okay. And yeah. so that we want to make sure that you're not overloading yourself with things to do and that you're just free to float. This mm-hmm. is probably the first time in most of our lives that we are free to say yes to stuff that just pops up. One day I was in Cambodia and some fishermen were, I was taking, I needed to take a ferry from the mainland to an island that I was going to stay on. Mm-hmm. And uh, the man was like, well, you can wait tomorrow and take the commercial ferry 
you know, the ferry ferry, or you can go today on this little boat with these fishermen. So I got on the little boat with the fishermen and they shared their beer. They had some t- imported beer from Thailand, <laughs> right? They shared their beer with me and right. Because I had nowhere to be and yeah. nothing on my schedule and nothing to do. I think I may have gotten engaged to one of the men. I'm not sure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you had a whole husband by the <laughs> They were really nice, really kind to me and really friendly. And we took a yeah. bunch of pictures, right? So it's, it's, this is for a lot of us, this will be the first time that we can just say yes to things and try things. And that happens because you're not scheduled out and you're not committed. So give yourself that freedom, even if you've never done it before, even if that seems scary to you, give yourself yeah. free time, free time. Free to float. I love that. Free to float. That's right. I need to let that stick with me. I like that. <laughs> I'm a floater. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I wrote down what you said. You wanted you wanted ease, ease, ease flow, and rest. and rest. Yeah. Right. Those are my this, things. These are things that you can get when you take a career break, when you take a sabbatical, when you don't over overload yourself, overbook yourself, when you don't say, I'm gonna visit eight cities in 14 days or you know, something like that. Yeah. When you just say, I'm gonna pick a place, I'm gonna go there. When mm-hmm. I'm over it, I'm gonna go to the next place. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So as we as we wrap up, I know there's a lot of talk about um because of COVID and the way everybody's working remotely. Like I said, when I went back into work, I went to work for a consulting company and I work remotely. So kind of like you, how you said like you come off that break and for me being off a year and a half, kind of getting into doing my own thing, I realized that I I never want to go back to Swiping in a badge in a corporate office, you know, sitting in a break room, like, you know, count down the clock. I, I don't think I can ever work like that again. I work and collect a stable check, but I it has to be different. It has to allow me the freedom to, yeah, go to Mexico and maybe the first couple of days get some work done and then vacation or, you know, go to Chicago to visit friends and work from there. So you're right. It it will change you and change the way you look at work and like what works for you. So it has done that for me. But I wanted to talk a little bit about so 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 because of COVID, you started seeing a lot of articles about people doing that more yeah. because of everything, um, like you said, the trauma uh, that we, that just got elevated because of events of 2020, you started seeing more black women, black women, um, Mm -hmm. rather doing things like deciding to move to Ghana and move to these places. So just real quick, what is your experience being as a black woman? And, you know, have you heard, are there kind of some don't go here countries, you know, for sister girls, because you're right in the U S we have struggles, but, you know, there are also maybe other countries where, again, because of our um, blackness, um, we may experience similar type of issues. For the most part, wherever you go, you're going to be treated better than you're treated in the United States. Mm. Right. So yeah. there aren't many places on the on the don't go list. I've made a video on my YouTube channel. We talked about some places. I brought in some women to t- discuss their bad experiences as a okay. black traveler. And there were only a couple of countries on the list, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, China, which a lot of people are not too interested in anyway. China is yeah. very inexpensive. <laughs> and some of the cities are amazing. But China is a place that has been difficult for black women. Okay. Don't feel welcome. 
necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, but mostly the other places were places where it's going to be a hit or miss experience. And it has a lot to do with not just being black, but being a woman. Right. Yeah. So Morocco and I think Morocco and Egypt. I was say Morocco. I've heard yeah. I've heard about those. Yeah. They have a reputation for being a little harder, <laughs> being a little harassy, right? Yeah. Uh, especially if you're a woman traveling solo or women traveling without a man. But these aren't places that I wouldn't skip. I mean, these aren't places that I wouldn't not go to at all. I just wouldn't, you know, you want to take some extra precautions okay. in places that have a reputation for being a little um, less solo woman friendly. Okay. But, by and large, most of the world is wide open to you. Most of these mm -hmm. places you're going to feel well, not just it's okay that you're here, but welcomed. Yeah. And that's I love seeing me in places that people I've been greeted. Hello, sister. Hello, sister. In yeah. different places, right. People love to see black women out traveling and living. Oh yeah. When we went <laughs> to Italy, I went to Italy with a group of friends and it was co-ed, but we were all black. And uh, those Italian men loved, uh, the, they loved them some black women. And you're right. Everywhere you go, they, you know, brown sugar, sister. <laughs> In Mexico, hola morena. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're, they're not a lot of places. Seriously, not kidding. If you can make it in the U.S., you can make it almost anywhere. You're okay? right. Because it's a so hot that's ass another thing We're going to move down our list. We're going to move language. I don't speak the language. And is it safe for black women? Move those down the list. Those are less... Uh, uh, of a concern than you think they are. Okay. I love that. So you've thrown out a lot of places that you've been. Um, and I, I'm sure you, you probably still have some ones on your bucket list as well, but what has been one of your favorite trips either while you've been on sabbatical or maybe even before, um, and why? I think during my sabbatical, so the Philippines had a one, I had a wonderful time in the Philippines. Okay. Um, in the on the islands, not in Manila, not in the city, but okay. out on the island. Uh, the beaches are just beautiful. The people of the Philippines are very nice people. If I worked in healthcare, I worked in hospitals, and so I have um, Philip. A lot of Filipino nurses come to work in the U.S. and send money back home, right? Yeah. So I happen to have had experiences with a lot of nurses from the Philippines, and uh, they're the same people in the Philippines, right? Kind and friendly, and you know, very good to you. Uh, so that was a wonderful experience, okay. but Portugal really made the biggest impression on me. Portugal became the place that I know that I'll move to when it's time for me to pick a place and stay there for a while. Yeah, uh, Portugal was just the total package. It's, it's easy to get back and forth, which is a reason that uh, Africa is not super high on my list. I've been to South Africa, but that 18 hour flight uh, <laughs> <you're> right, <laughs> compared to like a Portugal six hour flight. Yeah, yeah. Much so, easier. <laughs> much easier. So, and, I, and my parents live in the East Coast in, in, of the U.S. So I need to be able to get back when I need to. For if there's sure. an emergency, I need to get back earlier. But Portugal made a wonderful um, lasting impression on me. There are Black Portuguese people. So I don't stand out, even though people did know I was American, right? Like, yeah. they, they just look at you and they know. But I didn't, but it wasn't like, we don't, no staring like, oh my gosh, we don't have Black people here. You know? Yeah. So there was that peace of mind of being in a place where they know I'm American. And so they'll help me if I look lost, mm -hmm. but they don't stare at me. Also, yeah. it's a place where you can uh, get around without too much trouble. Good, go, good public transportation. 
So okay. Portugal really made a great impression on me, but the Philippines was a wonderful place and I would love to go back. And South Africa also, South Africa was a wonderful trip. I spent two months driving around South Africa, wow. another place where people immediately knew I was American, immediately yeah. still started speaking English to me and were very, very much interested in making sure that I enjoyed my time in their country, right? Okay. How are you enjoying my country? Have you visited this place? Have you done this thing? Make sure you go here, make sure you eat there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another fantastic. Were you in Cape Town or Johannesburg or did you go between, you know, a couple I different drove, cities? I drove from Cape Town to Durban up to Johannesburg. Durban. I took my okay. time in South Africa. Yeah. So I saw I saw a good portion of it um, and the people were good to me all over. So we went from like in Cape Town where everyone speaks Tausa. I can't say it, the language. That's okay. <laughs> right. They speak Tausa and on the Cape Town side in um, Johannesburg, the people speak Zulu. So everywhere I went, they just spoke English. Like they immediately yeah. knew. Yeah. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> like she's not going to understand the Zoom. <laughs> but wonderful. Like South Africa was a wonderful place to visit. When I was there, the internet was so bad that I always say, don't work, don't work remotely from South Africa. But I've gotten updates that the internet, they now have high speed internet throughout okay. Johannesburg at least. So mm-hmm. I would say put it on your list if you're looking for a place to work remotely from. Beautiful place, good food, wonderful people, fun, and great shopping. I mean, I had to buy another an extra suitcase to come home from Japan. I've heard a lot about the shopping and the wine, like beautiful, yes. like wine country there and everything. It's on my list. Um, South Africa is awesome. So good. I want uh, you to tell us like, what you're working on now, how people can connect with you. Um, but before you get out of here, everybody always has to tell me their favorite Beyonce song <laughs> and why. And then we'll wrap up. My, so my, do I do the song first? Or yeah, do the song okay. first. <laughs> so my favorite Beyonce song, I don't think it was written by Beyonce. Does that count? If Neo if she performed it. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. Easy. Yes. That's my favorite. To the left. To the left. We. So I, I'm. I am very good at moving things out of my life. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That and is that's the anthem for that. <laughs> it's a wonderful theme for me, right? Yeah. I don't need you. Go right. And so we <laughs> talked about agency before. That is a song about agency. Out of here. Yeah. Uh, irreplaceable. So irreplaceable mm-hmm. by Beyonce. My favorite. I think Neil wrote it, but I appreciate it. Okay. You know, we're right there. And fun fact, I, I think from my understanding, you're absolutely right. Neil wrote it. And when he demoed it, I think he had actually originally gave it to Fantasia. Oh. Um, and so I, I remember like that came out and everybody is like, you know, you find out all these things because they are demos. Like these people write them. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, like that, that is, it's like, that is like one of her most popular songs. I'm like, it, it's like, you wonder like, what would that have been like if maybe Fantasia would have did? I was like, I don't know. Like Beyonce brought the right energy to that one. <laughs> he did, but I would still like to hear Fantasia take it to church a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she really would have you to the left, the right, everything. Cause uh, yeah, I like for Fantasia to sing anything. <laughs> so tell us about what you're working on now, how people can connect with you um, and what's next for you. And where we can find you on social media. 
Okay. I have a YouTube channel. It's Stephanie Perry on YouTube. And we talk these things, right? We're talking about embracing ease through house sitting, through taking a sabbatical, through moving abroad, through being a digital nomad and bopping around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, my YouTube channel uh, is a wonderful place for community. I have a I have an awesome community of Black women who yeah. hang out with me on Saturday mornings. And we talk this talk all the time. So if you are interested in learning more about sabbaticals about moving abroad join me on my youtube channel again it's stephanie perry also i want to plug my facebook group i co-host a virtual summit with rashida dow who is a career break coach and we have a facebook group that started there and has grown on its own Uh, we have a facebook group called exodus summit for black women Mm -hmm. who are working on their sabbatical or their move abroad Exodus Summit is a group where you can get your questions answered and where you can see the daily inspiration from other women, inspiration and information. So if you feel like you're a little bit of a weirdo, right, (laughs) because you want to take this break and everyone else is telling you that you need to stay on the Black excellence train, right, and Mm -hmm. you're like, well, how can I do less? (laughs) Where's the do less train? Exodus Summit is a place where you can get that community so that you don't feel all alone out here. Because when you, we didn't talk about this, but I think when you start talking about taking a fear, uh, taking a career break, the fear mongers come out of the woodwork. Oh, yeah. Okay? Did yeah. you experience that yourself? What, I did. Did you, tell yeah. people, did you tell people that you were going to take a career break? I told a select group of people um, right. that I was going to take it. And it was, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. But they really started, and I said select group for a reason, right. you know, um, and I did. I had uh, friends who were like, just play out the worst case scenario. And for me, I played out the worst case scenario to down to, okay, if I'm not able to pay rent, I always know I can go back and live with family. You know, that was the worst case. And so for me, that wasn't as worst as you think, you know. But I, they really came out when, you know, my company made the announcement, like the email goes out that, you know, I was leaving and um, no, just people coming up to the office. Like I said, I had people saying, well, you don't have a husband or, you know, or somebody was like, you know, well, what are you going to do? Do something on the Internet? Like, what do you, you know? People didn't at that time understand the concept of blogging and, you know, it, and it was, um, you know, kind of looking down. And so you're to your point. You're right. Fear mongers. And some people have a stigma. You know, I know a friend who wants to take some time off because she's experienced a lot of loss, divorce, death in the family, car accident. And I said, well, what's keeping you from even just taking the EAP program, the, you know, standard? And she was like, well, the stigma, you know, so a lot of people are worried about what their colleagues will think. And so that's great that you all have that. And I'll be sure you know, for people that are are listening or watching us on YouTube, I'll put everything in the description on YouTube and in my show notes on the website, we always have in the show notes. So I'll put links to your YouTube page, to your Facebook group, because you're, they, you're right. Having, seeing stories of people who did it, which is why after I did it, I mean, I can't tell you the number of people who just from that particular company, I would say at least five that Uh came to me in the yeah. years following when they were at that point where they were contemplating and they said like seeing that you made it you know seeing that you went on about your life and now I'm working in the career and field that I left for gave them that inspiration and they were looking for tips and stuff and so sometimes it's just we need to see that it can be done 
so that we can have that courage to do it. That's right. Yeah. So get get yourself into a community, get yourself into a community where this is normal. Right. When yeah. you don't have to worry about people being like, oh, my gosh, you're ruining everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Find community with people who uh, who talk this talk all the time. And so I think that's the Exodus Summit Facebook group is open to black women. Uh, and that's a wonderful um, place to learn, to grow, to share, to to make friends. They meet up. They meet up without me. I get so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> living making friends and stuff and then also on instagram facebook twitter i'm at vacarious um i named things i named my blog and stuff when i was on my sabbatical and i wanted you to vacation vicariously through me so i called it vacarious i I do not want you to vacation vicariously through me i learned there's no such thing right you cannot vicariously vacation through no you have to travel for yourself you have to take the career break for yourself so that's the name but that's not the spirit of of my pollution anymore I love that. I get people all the time. They're like, I see you out there living your best life. I'm doing it vicariously through you. And I'm like, girl, go live your own best life. That's this right. is my version That's of right. my best life. You don't have to watch me. That was one reason why I started my blog. I will never forget. It came from, it was this one young lady and she probably didn't even know she inspired me. I remember I came back from a trip. This is before I quit or anything. And I was putting pictures on Facebook she said, she was like, oh my God, I love that you, you know, traveling. I'm still in my like late twenties then. And she said, um, one day, you know, uh, when I have a whole lot of money or something, I'm going to do the same. And I'm like, you don't need a lot of money, sis. Cause I first started uh, blogging about how to travel smart with style was my tagline. It was all about like budgeting things. And, um, that inspired me. And I remember like saying like, wait a minute, People have some type of mindset that's telling them they can't do this. They can't. And sometimes it's simply because they don't know. So let me be a portal of information and resources so that people can do this. But it was it was that one line when she said that, because I'm like and I remember saying like, girl, you act like I'm bringing in Oprah money. I'm not (laughs) like you had the trust fund. Exactly. (laughs) One thing about me, I'm going to find a deal, a promo code and everything in between. I don't care how much money I make. (laughs) That's right. right. Yeah. It's so good to spread the word. It feels real good to spread the word and then have somebody come back and say like, I didn't know this was possible until you showed me this was possible. What a wonderful feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. To have platforms where you can do that. Absolutely. And that's what I, I, that's what I say. Like, I think there are so many different unique ones, right? Because it's like, that's why I love having other travel influencers and podcasters because everybody has a lane, right? And, you know, what you're doing is something that, yes, I have experience in, but that that's not what I talk about. And, you know, I've learned just so much from our conversation. And so it's just so important to spread the word. I know somebody is listening who has been contemplating it, right? Or even just has the ability to work remotely and doesn't know how to go about doing this whole traveling, even just to work, you know, and and stay in their job. I know um, you're going to help. And so I'm going to, you know, share all your info in the description box and um, with uh, the show notes and thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining me. This has been so great. And um, I'm, I'm going to be joining the uh, group. So okay. 
You're the admin lookout to accept me. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll see you over there. We'll see you over there. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I, like I said, I love talking this talk. And I'm so yeah. glad to hear that you are a career breaker. I'm so glad that you're and can evangelize for it too. Because I this can. is the way, this is the new way. This is how we do it now. It is. This is how we do it. Okay, everybody. Well, uh, be sure to comment. Tell us about your experiences. If you have taken a career break, if you've just taken a sabbatical at work, if you're planning to, Stephanie has already told you all the resources to go to and to connect with us. And until next time, I will talk to you all. Thanks for checking out this episode. If you want to check out the show notes, you can head over to the website, travelprayslay.com. I would love to connect on social media. So be sure you are following me on Instagram at Travel Pray and Slay and Facebook at Travel Pray Slay. Again, Instagram is at Travel Pray and Slay. And if you love this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And be sure to leave a review. Thanks for listening. And you'll hear from me soon. Thank you.